Nice, and welcome everyone uh, to Church in the Valley. Like John said, we are really glad that you're here uh, to worship with us. Uh, we are in the Christmas season, and we're in the middle of our Christmas series that we're calling Into Our World. And we're really talking about the gift of Jesus, and that's the reason that we're celebrating uh, at Church in the Valley. And also, as Jesus came into our world, it also kind of framed our life as one that's supposed to go into the world as well to share the love of Jesus Christ. And so this series is really describing what happened uh, a little over 2,000 years ago when, when Jesus uh, came to earth. And if you're like me, if you grew up in the church or even if you've lived uh, kind of in America for a while, you've seen that Jesus is somewhat a part of the Christmas tradition here. You may have seen nativity scenes uh, around at churches or even cities sometimes do them. Uh, and maybe some of the movies you watch, it references that. But there's a sense in which we all have a reference point that Jesus is celebrated uh, during Christmas. But for me, oftentimes, I have to take a step back from the things that are on my mind, the things that kind of come with this season. A lot of times it's busier than normal because of different programs and different events that happen. Uh, even in church life, we have kind of a variety of things uh, going on. Uh, there's also family plans that we have. Are we going to celebrate together all the family at Christmas? Is it the weekend before? Is it the weekend after? And that means traveling and lots of stresses and shopping. And don't get me started on Black Friday and all that stuff kind of is kind of all into this one time of year that we call Christmas. And we all have memories of kind of our favorite Christmas that we've ever had. We have memories of maybe our least favorite Christmas. And when I grew up, I based Christmas basically not on what we did as a family, but what gifts we received. Any of you guys like that? Anything that you can look back and say, my favorite Christmas was when I got that thing from a family member. Well, for me, I grew up in elementary school like wanting just something that I thought would change my life. And that was the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. Okay? I spent many Christmases hoping that, that I would receive it. One year, I thought it was my year. It was about 1991. The Nintendo had been about out about a year or so, but from what I can recall. And I thought, this is the year that I'm going to get this gaming system that will change my life. And I opened my gift, and it was a bigger box than I anticipated. And I was a little nervous because I thought Nintendos aren't that big, but I thought maybe it's to trick me because maybe I'd know. And So I just had this expectation. I had this sense of... This was going to be the year. And I'd waited and all my friends had kind of received theirs and I was just waiting for mine. And I opened this big box and to my surprise, the big box was a big box because the gift wasn't a little Nintendo. It was something that needed to fit in a big box and it was a leather jacket that looks like this. Now, this is kind of a mock-up because I actually went on the internet to try to find the leather jacket that I had received at about... A young age, and I don't think it's made anymore, which kind of concludes my point about how it was the worst Christmas gift I had ever received. You can't even find it on the internet. It's lost in history. Uh, but mine was a little different, but it, it had kind of the sentiment of the American flag on the back. Now you may say, well, you're an American. You need to wear that with pride. That's very true. But in elementary school, when you're wanting a Nintendo and you open up clothes, Reality and expectation dismally blow up in your face. The other part of that was I lived in England at the time. And I went to a British school with actually British people. And I opened this jacket 
And I thought to myself, thanks, mom and dad, for nothing. So what I time, I realized at that time that I had a lot of expectation. I had a sense of what I wanted to happen. And that's kind of true to, to all of us, especially at Christmas. We have expectations that we want. The next year, um, I still hope for the Nintendo, but by this time, it seemed like everyone in the world had one uh, except me. And I'd kind of given up hope that this would ever be reality. And then, in about 1992, I opened up a gift, and inside was this. And a little tear rolled down my little face. And actually, my parents' defense at the time, we didn't have a lot of money, and a Nintendo wasn't really a priority. But they sacrificed, they knew how much it meant to me, and they had actually bought it. And I remember when I opened that gift, it was like, wow, I had this sense that that was the coolest thing that I had ever been given. It's like the coolest gift that I remember I ever received. And I was so appreciative, and it just kind of made me realize that, you know what, my parents are looking out for me. It may not be on my timing, but they want to take care of me. They, they love me. They want to kind of give me the things that, that I want. I definitely don't need it, even though I thought... Super Mario was a need at the time. But they, they loved and sacrificed to make that a reality. But what I realized is, you know, at that time, I was really allowing my expectations and the things that I wanted to happen to dictate how I thought life would go. And when things didn't go my way, life didn't go as well. When things went my way, it went well. And oftentimes, this is the story of our lives. Season, out of season, and in the seasons. It's just kind of how life flows. We have expectations that we want fulfilled. And with that, things go well or things don't. And that impacts how we relate to people. That impacts how we experience the circumstances that we face. And we all have this picture of how we want it to go. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of take time away from this picture that we have of our expectation of the perfect Christmas, the perfect experience that we want to happen, and actually look at what really is it all about Christmas. It's definitely not about a Nintendo and thank the Lord, it's definitely not about an American flag leather jacket. There's actually something that happened in history that made Christmas what it is. And so I want to kind of take the time, despite the things that we have that are important to us, despite the things that we'd like to see happen, even if that's just the gathering of people that we love, to kind of cut through that and see, okay, well, what is it that's really the most important? And for me, any time that I really want to look at what this season is about... And the fact that it is centered on Jesus Christ, you, you have to dig into the scriptures because there's all these different things that have happened throughout culture and history that have kind of created what we experience in Christmas. But it's actually in the scriptures that you find the story of why we celebrate what we celebrate. And it's found, like we talked about last week, the fact that Jesus entered into our world. But if you're like me, you kind of picture that nativity scene and you kind of know that there's shepherds involved and there's some wise men and then there's baby Jesus in a trough with hay with his parents and barn animals by him. But oftentimes in the midst of that, it's easy to miss really what that represents. And so I just want to take some time, all of us together, looking at what that event meant then and, and what it means for us today. And what you find is the way that Jesus came into the earth to meet us and to be and to dwell among us actually shows some things that are very important to God and actually draws attention to it. 
And so I'd like just to read kind of a, a, a passage in Luke 2 that describes when Jesus was born. And I'm sure you've heard it before, and if you haven't, it's, it's very brief. But in that brief description, you can actually find a lot about what the birth of Jesus Christ meant. And this is found in Luke 2. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So Mary was pregnant, and it was time. The baby's coming. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, that's why we, we have the picture of the nativity scene, how we have it. They were outside, basically in kind of this open barn next to animals. There was no bed. They, they put him in a, a feeding trough. And he was born. We all know that story, but there's a sense in which if you go back to what we talked about last week, found in the description of how Jesus would come, he, his name is Emmanuel. We actually sang about that earlier, which means God with us. And the angel told Joseph, this Jesus, he's going to be the savior of the world. God is going to come down and draw us back to him like we just sang. Majesty is finally here. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. So here's this majesty, this king, Jesus, who came in his first night on earth is in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, I think manger, I think like this cute like wooden thing, but it's like a feeding trough. Could you imagine being at a hospital with a mom who's having their firstborn and the first thing that happens is the baby is placed in a feeding trough? Do you imagine if, like, the hospitals in the area just adopted that? I think the best thing for babies is they go right to where animals feed. Could you imagine? We wouldn't picture that. But this is what happened to Jesus. The one who is, represents God with us, the Savior of the world. But what you find in that one event is really what God describes and what God delivered as his love for us. He loved us so much that he would send Jesus, who had been with him since the beginning, from the creation of the world for all of eternity, to come and dwell with us. And this is really the first time that like, the veil was lifted, where you actually saw this is who God is. Now it's kind of difficult to kind of picture in your mind, how can Jesus be God and, and and be man at the same time. But that's what the scripture describes. And, and what is that process? How does that work? And what does it look like? And it's really difficult to get our mind around it. But picture this. It's kind of like an analogy. If, if, if I'm in a closet and the closet is shut. And you come up to the closet and you see a, see a, a shut closet. And you have no idea what's in the closet. And you think, well, it's a closet. There may be a jacket that's hanging. There may be a vacuum in there. And you know what? There may be a singing carrot. Why not? You don't know. The door's closed. You can't see. All of a sudden, I speak. And you think, wait a second. Okay, there's a voice I just heard in the closet. The door's closed. I don't know what's in there or who's in there, but I just heard a voice. And you think, well, I, I know that the jacket didn't speak and the vacuum probably didn't speak, but if there's a singing carrot in there or a dancing carrot, may, maybe it spoke. But all of a sudden, after the door is shut and you're trying to figure it out, 
I, underneath the closet door, slip a picture of myself. Now you know I'm not, in fact, a singing carrot or a dancing carrot or a vacuum or a jacket. I'm me. And you have a picture of me. Maybe it's like a selfie. You know, we all have our cell phones. It's like, hey, it's me. And I deliver it. And now you see. And now you know me a little bit better. You know my voice. You know what I look like. Well, when Jesus came to earth, it's like we actually got the picture for the first time of what God is. Jesus is like God's selfie of himself. This is him. This is what he looks like. This is how he operates. These are his attributes. And that's what you find in Jesus. He came to show us what God is all about. And it begins with this interesting entrance, which was absent of majesty and pageantry, but instead of humility. And that's what you find again and again with Jesus Christ, is this essence of humility. And in fact, the only way that he could come to this earth to meet us and to dwell with us and to be the Emmanuel that he was proclaimed to be was in humility. A voluntary choice to leave heaven to join us here. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I see Jesus in the manger, I'm not thinking humility. I'm thinking, oh, there's a baby on a hay with a camel looking at him. Think about that. This, this act is representative of this humility that represents God's love for me and God's love for you. Because again, as the scriptures say, Jesus was with God from the beginning. And he's the son. And God exists in three persons. There's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they have their distinct attributes and personalities God sent Jesus to come take on the flesh. That's what the incarnation means. To take on flesh to meet us here. Jesus, who is fully God, became fully man to dwell among us. And that took humility. Now, it's difficult sometimes to comprehend what that meant because we've been on earth and we haven't really experienced anything else. This is a terrible analogy as well, but there's a sense in which have you ever kind of been at your, your favorite spot, maybe it's in your house and you've got your cup of coffee and it's in your favorite chair and you're about to read your newspaper or you're about to kind of check your email or check Facebook and you've just, you put yourself in your chair and you're just ready to kind of have some me time and you're focused and you're comfortable and all of a sudden you, you hear commotion and somebody needs help, but your coffee is hot and you've got kind of this comfortable atmosphere and it's serene and it's everything you want. But there's a commotion and somebody needs help. And you hear it and you're not sure what's going on. There's that part of you where you say, do I have to get up out of my chair and go see what's going on? That's like a minuscule, a, a minuscule like description of what Jesus left to come meet us here. He's God the Son and left heaven chose humility to be where we are. If I take a step back, it's it's, it's actually hard to fathom. It's hard to take that in. But that's what happened in the Christmas story, in the beginning of Jesus' entrance into earth. God pursuing us through His Son to show us His love.
That's what it's all about. And so you see this, this idea of humility again and again is a value that's important to God. Jesus lived it. He represented it. He showed us what it looked like even from his first, first night on this earth. Now I'd like to kind of take the other view of that. Speaking of expectation, could you imagine Joseph and Mary have, have gotten word that Jesus was going to be born and he was going to be birthed through the Holy Spirit and they had no idea what that meant or looked like and Mary becomes pregnant and all these things are coming to fruition. They know that he's going to represent God with us and he's the Savior of the world and all the certain pictures they would have in their mind. Could you imagine Mary thinking, okay, this is going to be interesting. The Savior of the world, I'm going to have a role in this. And if, if I'm Mary and Joseph, I'm kind of rolling out my plan like, if he's my son, what kind of treatment am I going to get that I've never gotten before? If he's my son, what kind of access to people can I have? Am I going to get the royal treatment? You can imagine, they were young and just all the thoughts that they may have had of what this night would look like. And then it came. And there's no palaces. There's no medical specialists to help them. There wasn't even a room in an inn for them to be in. And that's just this description of, of humility even for themselves. Despite all the things that they probably thought, Jesus' life began with humility. It's not the pageantry. It's not the majesty. But it's this picture of Jesus meeting us exactly where we are. And to take the time to think through what he left to do that. To me, it just takes, it takes this pause. You have to remember, wow, the price that he paid. But what you find is following Jesus Christ and doing life his way really means that we follow in his path of humility. And it's especially true even at this time of year. Many times as I've approached Christmas and I've approached the things that I want to do, I'm not usually thinking about humility. I'm thinking about deadlines and the work I need to get done so I can get on vacation. I'm thinking of vacation and what I want to happen. I'm thinking of the gifts I need to get, the gifts that I need, hope I get. The gifts I need to get and the hopes I... The gifts... I'm not even making any sense. The gifts I hope to give and get, let's put it that way. But all these things are going through my mind. They're going through my mind. They're going through my mind. There's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stress. You're probably facing things too. At work, you've got a lot of things going on. You've got different plans. Headlines that you have to get by, get through before the end of the year. Gatherings, all sorts of things. All sorts of activities. But oftentimes in the forefront of our mind is, how can we choose humility? How can we follow in the footsteps of Jesus? And there's a passage in Scripture in the book of Philippians that describes even more the path that Jesus took to step down to meet us. And that's really what it was. He stepped down from heaven to meet us where we are. And really, it gives us an example that we can follow. And so for the rest of our time, I want to talk just about a little bit more of just this humility path that Jesus took and how that gives us really a, a new angle and a new light to see this is, this is what it's all about. This is what Christmas 
is all about. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I'm going to walk through this and kind of describe it as I go along. And this is what we're told to do. If you're a Christ follower, this passage is saying this is the way that you need to act and think and do based on Jesus Christ coming to earth and living his life and dying for us so that we may be returned back to God despite going our own way. And this is what it says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, he possessed the attributes of God, he was God the Son, he was all-knowing, he was all-powerful, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. That word emptied himself is describing what he did to come here on this earth. And it means to pour out until it's gone. And so he emptied himself, not of his deity, because Jesus was God when he was here on earth and man. But he left his divine glory. He left it. That's what he emptied himself of. His divine glory so he could be here on this earth. And he came on this earth and he lived his life. And he wanted to explain to people what the kingdom of God was all about. What does it mean to be in the kingdom of God. And there are many different people that had different ideas. And there were religious leaders that thought you should do this and you should obey this way. And there was all sorts of pressure and expectations, the same things that we face. But Jesus came to show this is what it is. To love God with everything and to love others. And to do that means you have to choose humility. And he left and he poured himself out and he left his majesty and became a criminal on this earth. And he died a criminal's death on this earth because of his love for us. And because of that, we have a chance, despite our sin, despite the fact that we've done things that have rebelled against God, as we've tried to live life independently from him, he lived his life in a way that brought us back. So this picture is saying we we need to have the same attitude that we're not propping ourselves up by the status that we want, the things that we want to see done, but we pour ourselves out. We realize that it's not about me. It's not about what I want. Then it goes on further. So he poured himself out by taking the form of a servant. The word servant there, it actually means slave. So he took on the form of, of, of a slave. He peeled off the, the robe of his majesty and he put on the robe of a slave for us. He says, being born in the likeness of men. And again and again, you see throughout Jesus' life that he told people, I didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. I didn't come to expect people to bow down to me. I came to to meet people where they are. And so you see this heart of God. This is what Christmas is about. It's about us who are in desperate need of help, are in desperate need of God reaching down to redirect us, reaching down to tell us, this is how your life should be lived. In Jesus, we see. That's what he did. That's what he did. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. This is why we know Jesus looked everyone else on earth at the time. 
There wasn't like a special halo above his head. I think that's Jesus because he's glowing. He didn't glow. He looked like everyone else. He was found in the likeness of man in human form. He humbled himself. And here you see it. He humbled himself. Humility, it means to, to make yourself lower. He chose this. I'm going to make myself lower, take a step down from a higher place by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So he dwelt among us, the Savior of the world. But to be the Savior of the world meant he had to die a death that would actually save us from our sin. In this phrase, he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, saying the death he chose was the most brutal death for us. And it began by humbling himself. Now this may seem like, wow, this is kind of a downer. But what you find is in this story, this is the hope of the world. This is hope for me and it's hope for you. Because God is God. And there's no way that we can kind of prove our worth back to Him. There's nothing that we can do to make us right. Our sin has separated us from Him. So we can't earn it. We can't maneuver. The scales can't tip back in our favor. And what He did through Jesus says, you, you don't have to keep trying to earn it. My Son has come to save you. Majesty, finally, here. It's here, dwelling among us in the person of Jesus Christ. The passage goes on. It says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the picture is, Jesus humbled himself. He left his place in heaven, dwelt among us, and came down and humbled himself and gave up his life for us. And what you find in the rest of that passage is, because of that, his glory was given back. He did what God the Father had asked him to do. He was obedient. And now his name is above every name. So the thing that we think kind of from the beginning, Jesus would be the most important guy in his time. Everyone would love him. Everyone would follow him. He'd be the most popular. Everyone would bestow gifts on him. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He was killed. Because man could not lift Jesus back up. No matter how popular we thought he would be. That was God's role. And he did. And in that we get this picture of Jesus obeying, humbling himself for us. So we may have hope, we may have life as we do things his way. That idea of Jesus is Lord, it's this idea of he's the boss. He came to show us that if we do life his way and allow him to call the shots in our life, in each area of our life, and we actually want to live for Him. 
we live the life that God wants for us through his son, Jesus. And what does that, that mean for us? Well, a couple things. The first is, there's just this realization that at Christmas we have to realize the tremendous sacrifice that God gave us as he sent his son, Jesus. And there is no gift that has ever been given that can compare to the gift of Jesus Christ. There's no gift that you can buy, I can buy, anyone can buy. Because this gift cannot be purchased. It was given freely for you and for me. So there should just be this gratitude that we have. And no matter where you are in following Jesus, there's this picture of a God who loves you. And through Jesus, you see that personified. That's his love for us. And so despite the things that we have going on, we can take the time to pause and just thank you, God, for sending us Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending us Jesus. That's just something that you can just continue to say every day. Thank you, God, for sending us Jesus. He is the hope we have in this life. But it also shows us, again, what's really important. And we have a choice as Christ follower to choose humility like Jesus did. And if you want to know one of, one of the most important things to God, humility is it. But humility is not something in this culture that we really talk about a lot. It's not really a high value. Because none of us want to voluntarily take a lower position if we're able to have a higher one. Isn't that right? If there's a line of people waiting to get in to a restaurant that you've been dying to go to, and somebody said, hey, would you like to go to the front of the line or the back of the line? I know which part of the line I would choose. And it would be the front. I think all of us would. If we're honest with ourselves. The front of the line is a lot more appealing than the back. And if we chose the back, we're hoping, let them reverse the line. Let them reverse the line. Right? So there's just this struggle in us that humility is something that's just it's not talked about much. It's not valued much because it means that we're not as important as we think we should be. That's tough for us. That's part of our sin problem. We want to be important. We do. And we have tremendous value because God made us. But there's a part in it. In our value, we also kind of want certain things that we think we deserve. And so humility means that, that I take a position of lower importance or lesser privilege. That's what it means. That's a big part of Christianity. It's really a sacrifice of yourself so that other people may know Jesus is real. Because there's nothing quite that communicates God is real than people who are willing to put people ahead of themselves. Right? If you put people in front of you, that, that's not the norm. If you love people more than you love yourself, that, that's not the norm. We're not used to that. But when we do that, there's a sense that that's the picture of Jesus Christ. That's who he was. That's who he is. And we have the opportunity to do that. Isn't that a crazy word, opportunity, really? I have the opportunity to take a 
lower level of importance. Doesn't sound like an opportunity, does it? Sounds like a demotion. That's what humility is. Like you demote yourself. You put yourself lower. Think about that at Christmas. How different your experiences and expectations would be if the number one factor in what you did was, am I choosing humility? What would be different when you got together with your family? What would be different as you're working with your coworkers? What would be different as you're shopping in a really busy store? And there's only a few items left of the thing that you really want. What would humility look like in that situation? What does humility look like in everyday life? This is what we have to wrestle with. For me, it really means that I'm not the most important person in the world. And practically, that means I have to really watch my expectations. Because my expectations are basically my idea of what I think should happen put on somebody else. That's what it is. Especially at Christmas time, it's that time where we just we, we want things to go in a certain way. But what you find is, as you choose humility, although you're choosing this level of lesser importance and you're voluntarily choosing to do that, in the scriptures you actually see the things that flow from people who are humble. And that description of Jesus that we read is this picture of, you know, when you actually lower yourself, God is the one that brings you up. And in Scripture, you find you get honor, guidance, grace, wisdom. You actually get promoted. You, you get ahead. In a world where humility is the last thing we think will help us get ahead, the Bible kind of turns it upside down. If you choose to put yourself of lower importance compared to other people, you will actually get ahead. God's in charge. He makes that work. It doesn't make sense, but he makes it work because humility is of him. And we know that because of Jesus Christ. Because he dwelt among us. And he sacrificed his life for us. So if you've been trying to kind of figure out what separates following Christ and other pursuits, it really is that. Because of Jesus, we can actually choose humility in everything that we do. Knowing that he's going to take care of us. And humility is just the idea that it's not, it's not about me. It's not about me. There's other people. They're important to God. It's not about me and my will, my agenda, my expectation. That's really difficult. And it's really hard to do this on your own. And that's why you need God's help. That's why you have to follow him for humility to make sense. Because it, it can't be fake. God is the only one that, that actually can help us. I want to have a little bit of fun. It's been a little heavy. I'll admit it. A little heavy. But I want to have a little bit of fun as we turn the corner. Okay? One of my favorite Christmas songs is Sleigh Ride. Okay? And you're going to hear this song and it's probably going to be in your head the rest of the day. If you haven't gotten enough, turn to 103.5 on your radio station. You might hear it today as well. But this song describes, I think, kind of the pull that we all have to see things go a certain way and the picture that we want to create. Let, let's listen to this song together. The happy feeling, nothing in the world 
can buy when they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. It'll nearly be like a picture printed by Courier and I. These wonderful things are the things we remember of through our lives. Just okay. Courier knives. Some of you may know what that is. I had to look it up. Okay. But Courier knives is these these paintings that existed a time not too far away. But this is a Courier knives painting of like the holiday season. And everything seems in place. It's a white Christmas. You've got people ice skating, gathering together, riding on a horse and carriage. It's picture perfect. And this song, Sleigh Ride, is just saying, like, this is going to be the best moment of your life. It's going to be like this perfect picture. And what I found about myself is I want life to be like this picture. Every day I wake up, there's a part of me that thinks, May it be like Courier and Ives. I never said that before because I didn't know what it was. But now I might start. But I shouldn't because you shouldn't either. Following me? This is what we do. We, we kind of create this picture, this Courier and Ives picture. But I don't know about you, but this is not how things go. The wheels on the sleigh, they break. The horses get hungry. You fall down on the ice skates. That's life. With people. It's messy. Trying to love people. It's messy. Trying to bring your kids up and raise them. It's messy. Trying to love your spouse. It's hard. It's messy. But this is the picture that we all battle. We all struggle with. Humility is saying, God, with whatever I have, whatever I face, help me to love people how you want me to love people. Help me love people how you love them. It begins with humility. So I just want to close. But just think through, you know, take some time just to think through this week of some expectations that you may have. Some things that you kind of want to see happen in your life right now. It doesn't have to be related to Christmas, but just in your life. And look at what Jesus did. And look at even Mary and Joseph and all, I'm sure, the expectations they had. And realize... That in the midst of all the expectations and all the things, there's just a point in which they have to choose. God, help me to be humble and to lower my expectations. Help me to trust that you are in control. It's a good time to just remember the price that Jesus paid, the humility that he chose, so we may know God. So I want to encourage you, throughout all the things that you have going on this season, this is the things that are really important. How can we know God more? How can we learn more about Jesus and the life that he wants us to live? And how does that impact our expectations and the kind of life that we want? It also means accepting what we've been given and trusting God in the midst of it. So I want to encourage you with that. Just take the time to kind of think about that more. If you could, pull out your connection card. We're going to be receiving our offering. And if you haven't finished filling that out, go ahead and do that. And there's just two next steps this week that you can mark on the back of that if you'd like to. The first one is just identify an unrealistic expectation to give up. Is there something that you have 
that you're holding on to, that you really want to see happen, and you realize that this is just you trying to force your agenda. And it's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen, or it shouldn't happen. Maybe ask God to help you with that. And the second is maybe you need to choose humility in a certain area as you relate to people in your life. You realize that they kind of have goals and you have goals and there's just clashing happen, happening. Ask God, just God help me to be humble and not push my goals in front of theirs. And if you have a specific person, think through that specifically and, and ask God for help. And what you'll find is God will provide opportunities where you can trust Him in that. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your scriptures that describe uh, Jesus coming to this earth. And it's difficult to comprehend just his nature and what that looked like. But what we do know is that he did choose humility. And you sacrificed your son to meet us here, to dwell among us. God, thank you for the humility that that, that took. And that really is an example for us. And God, I just pray that you'll show us just expectations or any, anything in our lives where we're just trying to push our agenda, our goals on others. God, help us just, even in this Christmas season, to take a step back and trust that as we choose humility and we take a position of low, take a position of low importance, that, that you will take care of us. We ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.